Coming up on Stu Does America, is Nancy Pelosi a hugely hypocritical elitist? You'll be stunned by the answer of yes. Is Chris Cuomo a hugely hypocritical elitist? You'll also be stunned by the answer of yes. And is Kim Jong-un about to bite the dust? You'll be stunned by the answer of hopefully. Did you know, by the way, this show is absolutely free for you to watch on YouTube, Facebook, podcast, Pluto TV. Every episode for zero dollars and zero cents, priced perfectly for the amount of entertainment it provides. Be sure to subscribe wherever you access your Stew Does America. And if you want to overpay for the show, plus get all 49 episodes we've done so far and a bunch of other people a lot smarter and more talented than I am, go to blazetv.com slash stew. Be sure to use my name, Stew, as the promo code because that's how they know you like this stupid show and you'll get 30 bucks off. And don't forget to join us tomorrow for our 50th anniversary Earth Day Spectacular. To celebrate, we're all going to get together and get all the chemicals and styrofoam and hazardous materials from around our homes and reconnect them with Mother Nature by dumping it all in a nearby body of water right in our town or just by simply setting it on fire in our driveways. Remember, to save the Earth, we all need to think globally and act locally. Stu does America. Everyone makes mistakes. Some are understandable. Some are not. Why did Michael Dukakis think it was a good idea to wear that helmet and drive a tank around? I don't know. Why did Taylor Swift think, you know what? It's a good career move for me right now to be a star in the movie Cats. Now, that one is mostly because Taylor Swift is 84% feline. Look at a side-by-side picture. I mean, look at this. It's almost, they're almost identical. You don't even have to put on makeup or a costume. She is positively feline. Why did some random worker at a lab in Wuhan decide to make out with a horseshoe bat? I don't know. Why did I put my life savings into oil futures yesterday at lunch? Honey, by the way, if you're watching, uh, sorry about that, but remember, living life under a bridge as vagrants will be a true test of our relationship. These horrific mistakes are difficult to explain. How could someone be so stupid? Enter Nancy Pelosi. Not sure if you heard, but our nation and our world is currently dealing with a little bit of a conundrum. There's a little virus floating around called COVID-19 that is killing a bunch of people. And we've had to shut the economy down, so more than 20 million people lost their ability to put food on the table. It was in this context that Nancy Pelosi decided to go on late night television with James Corden. Now, Nancy Pelosi going on late night television, really at any time, for any reason is a terrible idea. She is a humorless dullard who reacts to conversations in a way that is alien to all human beings and all of her facial muscles are paralyzed. It's just not a natural setting for Nancy Pelosi. It's a lot easier to picture her around the year 1560 in the kingdom of Hungary. She's got that Elizabeth Bathory vibe kind of going on. Anything from 1560, by the way, is a bit of a dated reference. So here is a refresher course. She stands out as a shocking lesson in just how dangerous a sadistic, demented, powerful woman can be. The passing of the centuries has left us with an incomplete picture of the true nature of her crimes, but what we do know is truly stomach-churning. I mean, that's basically Nancy Pelosi's resume, right there. Showing you her entire segment with James Corden would be such torture that Elizabeth Bathory herself would get squeamish. 
not just for Nancy's awful attempts at playing along, but also for yet another example of how all these fancy 14-figure late-night hosts have to learn how to do their stupid show without a crowd. It's not so easy, is it, boys? Huh? Hmm. Nobody wants a coronavirus cure more than network late-night hosts. That's a proven fact. What I will show you with utter glee is the absolutely devastating commercial that Donald Trump's campaign made out of her appearance. Parental warning, the footage you're about to see is absolutely brutal. We turn now to that $350 billion fund to help small businesses and its workers get through the shutdown. It will be up to Congress to restock it. But Democrats blocking that move this morning. They asked for a quarter of a trillion dollars in 48 hours. I said, well, I don't, I don't think so. They objected, and I congratulate the Senate Democrats. Speaker Pelosi, what are you going to share with us from your home? Chocolate candy. Thousands have been forced to wait for hours at food banks all across the country. This is oh my chocolate, and then we have some other chocolate here. We just got it restocked with the ice cream. You don't want to eat up everything all at one time. I can't do it much longer. I'm trying so hard. We were, can we say, enjoying. Having to admit that, yeah, we're... We're starving, and I like it better than anything else. Taping this segment, there are 22 million people out of This work. specific program is about stopping job losses today. This is hurting people bad. Other people in our family go for some other flavors, but... Right now, it's survival move. You don't know where that next something else is going to come from. I don't know what I would have done if ice cream were not invented. I just wonder. <laughs> Holy crap, man. I mean, is there a part of you that actually feels bad for Nancy Pelosi after that? Me neither, but you could see how that might happen to someone. Almost. Now, is that fair? Let's just move on. How incredibly stupid do you have to be to not see that coming? First of all, let's look at where she is. You might ask, why does she have a giant mirror in her kitchen? Well, it's not a mirror. It's just a second identical gigantic stainless steel refrigerator because, well, because Nancy Pelosi. Then you have the sweater tied around her neck. You're indoors, Nancy. It's your home. You could put the sweater on a hanger if you don't want to wear it, okay? Nancy Pelosi dresses like a 1980s Republican stereotype, unfrozen from carbonite and reanimated in 2020. Unfortunately, the face hasn't fully thawed yet. Perhaps she's just running late to her making the grade cosplay group, which is a Judd Nelson movie from 1984. I will admit a bit of a dated reference, but at least it's more current than Elizabeth Bathory. And then can we revisit the freezer for just a second? How much ice cream does this woman have? We're in the middle of a pandemic. Weren't we just told not to hoard supplies? And it's not just that she has ice cream. It's the kind of ice cream she has. There's a few different brands there, but the largest contingency is from Jenny's. Now, Jenny's is not just ice cream. It is super mega premium ice cream. Our friend George Lang did some video of Jenny's ice cream, and he's like the best photographer in the world. If he's shooting footage of your blueberries, you better believe you have super duper mega Ultra Doppler. I mean, there's cucumbers in the ice cream. You have a lot of really premium ice cream. Now, look at me, okay? Just, just get a good gl- look at this. <clears throat> I got nothing bad to say about really good ice cream. 
all positives coming from me. And honestly, I have nothing really bad to say about elitism. I actually aspire to be elite. I'm working on it every single day. So far, pretty terrible at it. But someday I hope to get there. But you can't be screwing over small businesses all over America and bitching about income inequality in front of two giant refrigerator freezer combos filled with super premium ice cream while wearing a sweater around your neck. That being said, I know you come here for the research, and that's why I decided to head on down to my local Whole Foods and do the sort of deep dive you demand from this show. Here I am. Looking sexy, as usual, mask and all, and I have located the Jenny's ice cream. I don't know if we can zoom in on this picture a little bit. Each one of those pints, $9 a pint. Nine bucks a freaking pint. That is insane. And those are just the regular flavors. The new releases, 10 bucks a pint in Texas. What do they cost in California? 16 Look at this freezer uh, one more time. This is Nancy's uh, freezer. I've conducted a full investigation here. I see at least 12 pints of Jenny's ice cream. 12. That's got to be $200 of ice cream. And that's just the one brand. There are several other brands. And that's just the one shelf. There are multiple shelves. And we can't even see the entire thing. And remember, that's just one of the freezers. There's at least one more that's probably loaded up too. Maybe it's not Botox after all. Maybe she's just in a constant state of brain freeze. I know what you're saying. Sure, Nancy might be out of touch, but this whole segment has just been you making fun of her. You have no idea what it's like to be Nancy Pelosi. I think if you had to be her for a day, maybe you'd get a little perspective. And that is a good point, which is why I bought almost every flavor of Jenny's ice cream they had to taste test. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, starting off here with, of course, look at this. You know it's fancy ice cream because they've got the nice little, oh my gosh, this looks unbelievable. Okay, this one is, hmm. Oh my God, that's good. Brown butter almond brittle. Great. How about this one? Le <clears throat> Lemon and blueberry parfait. Are you kidding me? I'm all in. Let me try it. Mm. Oh. oh my God, that's so good. Holy crap. This is amazing. This is the best segment we've ever done. Blackout chocolate cake? Let's give that a whirl. Oh man, I've got, got ice cream all over the table, guys, just so you know. <clears throat> oh my God, are you kidding me? This looks incredible. Okay. Oh. That's really freaking chocolatey. Now this one, this is one of the $10 ones. Gooey butter cake. Now remember, we're doing this for Nancy Pelosi. This is research. Oh my gosh. Gooey freaking butter cake. Let me try this. Oh. I'm only, only halfway done. We might not have any time for interviews today. Oh my God, that's so good. This is another one here. Jenny's ice cream, salted peanut butter with chocolate flecks. Now, lots of people have ice cream, you know, peanut butter ice cream with chocolate chips. When you're fancy, when you're Nancy Pelosi fancy, you call it salted peanut butter with chocolate flecks. Let's see. Oh, my God. <laughs> 
That is the most peanut buttery thing I've ever tasted. It's more peanut buttery than peanut butter. Holy crap. Boston cream pie. Oh, yeah. I hope you're, you're appreciating what I'm doing here for you. Because, I mean, I could I have just done a couple of these and given up and just made the joke? Sure. Could have. Not for you. I'm dedicated. Oh, my God. This looks amazing. Boston cream pie from Jenny's. Mm. That's pretty good. Didn't get enough toppings on that one. Brambleberry crisp. Anybody can have, like, strawberry, right? Not brambleberry, because brambleberry is, like, one of those things. I don't even know if it's a real freaking... I don't even know if it's a real fruit, to be honest with you. But doesn't matter to me. I don't care what it is. Watch this. Mm. Oh. That's good. This one I was excited for right here. Pineapple upside down cake. Are you kidding me? For an ice cream? I got to tell you, by the way, one serving of this, 320 calories. This is why I look like I do. Oh, mm-hmm. Every, see, you know, we make fun of Nancy Pelosi. I kind of want to live the life of Nancy. Now, I don't want to look like Nancy Pelosi. Oh, I got some on my face. I don't, wanna, <laughs> I don't necessarily want to look like Nancy Pelosi. Though at this point... I mean, it's going downhill for me anyway. Uh, but I will say, uh, this is the life. This is what we need to be doing. This is what you need to be doing during your quarantine. And you're thinking to yourself, well, could I go out and buy some regular ice cream and save a few bucks? Sure. But why not spend $9 a pint on your ice cream? I'm going to finish it off with a Savannah butter mint because it's an after-dinner mint. I feel like that's what you should do after eating all these ice creams. Oh, yeah. I'll give it to you this way. There's not a bad one of the bunch. And uh, some of these fruity flavors are amazing. The pineapple one was really good. The brambleberry crisp. Oh, you got to get yourself some of that. And, uh, oh, this lemon blueberry thing was really good, too. Kind of a surprise. The Boston cream pie I got to dig into more. I don't think I got enough toppings. The bottom line is it's all really good. It's all really expensive. And I didn't even buy every single flavor. I actually skipped one flavor. Because I couldn't bring myself to pull the trigger on it. Bring up this picture of Nancy's freezer one more time. Look at the top row. That top row, the green ones, labeled one, two, and three. Those are frosé sorbet. Sorbet flavored like frozen wine. I want to be an elitist. And even I couldn't pull the trigger on that flavor. Nancy Pelosi did it at least Three times that we know of. So when you see that Donald Trump uh, campaign ad and you think Nancy Pelosi looks out of touch, remember, it's much, much worse than you think. She's laughing away in front of her two freezers stocked with $16 pints of ice cream. While you can't get the money you're owed to pay your employees or pay your rent or put store brand vanilla on the table. And I will say, yes, this is damn good ice cream. But nine bucks a pint is insane. That is why you should only buy your $9 a pint ice cream when you can expense every single penny of it to your stupid television show. Bon appetit, Nancy. Who does America? Oh, my. Hmm. 
Got a little ice cream all over the table. My hands. I'm going to be sticking to the table the entire time. Let me tell you a little about uh, inflammation. Now, inflammation, I don't know if eating, how much of that is, is part of it. Maybe if you eat nine, ten types of ice cream in one segment, you might come up with a little bit of inflammation later on in your life. All I know is if you haven't lived uh, the healthiest life like me, or maybe you've lived a very healthy life and just have health issues, uh, you might have back, neck, or shoulder and leg pain. Inflammation is likely the root cause of that. It's why you suffer with achy, painful joints and muscles. Left untreated inflammation can cause permanent damage. Pain relievers and topical creams, eh, they're not going to do anything. They don't solve the problem. They just mask it. That's not enough. Omega XL goes right to the inflammation. Backed by 30 years of research, Omega XL is a powerful natural supplement that helps reduce pain due to inflammation while it promotes healthy joints and increased mobility. There's nothing like it in the world. It's, they're the only place that has this particular ingredient done this particular way. You got to go with Omega XL. Right now, everyone's you know got being healthy on their mind, with the exception of you know television hosts that may or may not be eating nine kinds of ice cream on television. Uh, if you are one of the people who actually wants to be healthy, maybe have a little bit of a healthy immune response, Omega XL can help you with that. Uh, Omega XL can help your natural immune system protect you. Special offer going on right now to get you started. Order now. You're going to get your second bottle free. So this is a great deal going on right now. For more information, visit OmegaXL.com slash stew. Omega, uh, OmegaXL.com slash stew. Make sure to go to Omega.com slash stew because that's how they know you like this stupid show. Or you just call them. 800-844-4888. 800-844-4888. With rumors swirling about Kim Jong-un and North Korean leadership, I thought it'd be best to bring in an expert with some actual knowledge about how such things work. He's the author of the incredible book, uh, Dear Reader, the unauthorized autobiography of Kim Jong-il, which will come into play tonight. He's also the host of your, the Your Welcome podcast. And his newest book, also available now, is The New Right, A Journey to uh, the Fringe of American Politics. Returning to the program, of course, is Michael Malice. Michael, thanks for coming on the program. Uh, thank you. And you are correct. My book is incredible. It is not credible. Like most, <laughs> most of the material coming out of North Korea, you cannot take it at face value. It's a fair point. Uh, you're literally the only person I know who actually understands this country uh, because it's it's so enveloped in this mythology around this family. You can't analyze it yes. like a normal uh, geopolitical situation. Uh, we've heard rumors of potentially Kim Jong-un maybe being on his deathbed or close to it. What can you tell us about what is actually going on there? Uh, I can tell you, first of all, that your Facebook friend who knows that if Kim Jong-un goes away, that the sister is going to take over is akin to someone saying, oh, well, if something happened to President Trump, Melania takes over, right? Because Melania <laughs> is the only other person I know in America. So they don't know what they're talking about. Um, and I will explain because no one knows what they're talking about. North Korea has something called the 10 principles of the monolithic ideological system. What that really means is the 10 commandments of the great leader Kim Il-sung, who was the founder of North Korea. The 10th commandment is, I'm going to paraphrase it, but some to the effect of the revolution shall be continued through the generations to the end. What that means in practice is only a descendant of the great leader Kim Il-sung can be the leader of North Korea. And they've got a lot of reasons why this is the case, which I'm not going to get into. So his son, Kim Jong-il, took over uh, in 94, and Kim Jong-un now, who is Kim Jong-il's son. But 
We also have no idea how many spouses or consorts Kim Jong-il had, how many children he had total. When Kim Jong-un was first presented to the public close to the end of Kim Jong-il's life, all of the media across the world were like, who is this kid? Where'd he come from? It's not like, mm. you know, Barron Trump where, or Chelsea Clinton, where we grow up with them on our televisions. Uh, the North Korean family is very, very secretive. Even amongst itself, Kim Jong-il got married and didn't tell his father, Kim Il-sung, that he took a wife because his wife uh, wouldn't have passed muster. So his father forced him to take a second wife. Uh, and he had two separate families. So there's all sorts of things, even at the highest levels. So to claim that, oh, the question is, okay, he goes away tomorrow, what happens next? It could go a million different ways. It could go Libya, that things get really bad really quickly. It could go Stalin, where the next leader, whoever's somehow picked, uh, de-escalates uh, the regime. Uh, we simply don't know, but the premise that it would be the sister is far-fetched because North Korea uh, is a very old school Asian culture and it's very, very patriarchal in its um, uh, worldview. And in fact, it was a bit of a surprise that Kim Jong-un took over because he was so young. It's also a country that very much venerates age and, and that kind of social stratification. Hmm. Okay, so we do know of a couple of the, of essentially Kim Jong-un's brothers, um, one of which yes, kind of famously uh, was uh, uh, murdered um, in a airport, uh, which that footage kind of went all across the world. Do we know of any other options? There's one other brother, right, that we know of. Okay, so Kim Jong-nam is the eldest son of Kim Jong-il, but him and Kim Jong-un had different mothers and it's not, they did not know each other. I think oh, okay. they only met once, if that. Mm -hmm. So he was living in Macau, living in fear for his life. In fact, my understanding is when he was killed, he had a, the, the antidote either on him or, or you know, in his home. So he was anticipating being murdered because, as I, as I said earlier, if Kim Jong-un went away, it would be really easy to replace him with Kim Jong-nam. Kim Jong-nam had been presented to the North Korean populace. He had fallen out of favor because he was very much a liberalizer uh, in his views. He wanted to denuclearize. He's an environmentalist, which is complete anathema to a communist country, especially mm -hmm. one that has a power plant on its insignia. Uh, Kim Jong-chol, who is the middle son, is regarded in North Korean parlance as a sissy. That's the word they use. And too much like a girl to take over a country where the governing philosophy is Kim Jong-il's sun-gun ideal, which means the military first. And I am wearing an official yeah. uh, North Korean uh, military uniform, and it fits lovely, um, I must you say. You look amazing in it, actually. They would hate it that I'm wearing it, but that's okay. <laughs> that's, I'm sure that's why you're doing it. Uh, so he's a sissy. Yes. The other one's dead. We don't, the other ones, we have a sister yeah. uh, who is basically being named by everyone because they saw her at the Olympics, right? That's the, really the only reason. Right. They're, they're, right. And everyone on Twitter is like, oh, it's, I bet you it's going to be a sister. She's the power behind the throne. I go, can you name one other person in the North Korean hierarchy? <laughs> and they, of course they can't. So it's not. like it's, it's like when you lose your keys and there's only one spot where there's light. So the keys must be there. That's not how it works. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, do we have any idea? I mean, I know they're so secretive there. Is there any uh, do we have any like, concept as to whether this is even happening? Is Kim Jong Un actually having health issues or could this be completely made up? So uh, the, remember, not that long ago, North Korea has this secret weapon that causes everyone to have amnesia. And every so often they'll do the same thing and everyone in the press will act like it's unprecedented. There was a period not that long ago where he vanished from public appearances for a month. 
And there were all sorts of rumors that he had gout, his like his uh, femurs were broken and all this other kind of stuff. Uh, we don't know. We do know this. There is a hospital system dedicated exclusively to prolonging the lives of the leaders, that he is effectively a billionaire. He owns a country that they have no hesitancy about flying in the finest foreign doctors should a situation arise. So if you have a young man who's, what, 36, sure, he's overweight, sure, he's a smoker. Um, but to have him go under the knife and have the worst things happen is highly, highly unlikely, especially given that level of care. I'm going to be tongue in cheek, but I wouldn't put it past the North Korean doctors to operate on healthy people if necessary as a dry run to make sure that when they go with the leader, they're going to do things successfully. I mean, that's just the, the way they look at human life in that country, unfortunately. Yeah. Wow. Um, so let's just say um Kim Jong-un were to pass because I mean, you're right. It doesn't make too much sense that a 36 year old, even though he's not maybe the most shapely guy in the world, is just going to die. It's his surgery it would be very odd if that were to occur. And I can't even imagine what would happen to the people who actually the doctors who were responsible for it. Um, but let's just say yeah. it did happen uh, in my head. Right. As an American, I look at this and I say these people would have freedom like they would at least have a chance at something better than what they have. Right. Most likely to have another dictator would be terrible. But like it wouldn't be something that I would be disappointed at if I'm uh, in North Korea, at least in, with my American mindset. However, if you have a North Korean mindset and Kim Jong Un just dies out of nowhere, this is a totally different experience than something that we can even conceive of. Well, well uh, Stu, I'm just going to bring up your Ron 1979. The Shah is terrible. The Shah is terrible. We got to get rid of the Shah. Anyone's going to be better than the Shah. And they get rid of the Shah and you get Khomeini and the, the mullahs. So mm -hmm. uh, it's not at all intuitive that once a dictator goes out, uh, the next person is going to be better, number one. And number two is if someone dies suddenly and you have an entire elite structure, which has been in there for decades, who are dependent on their elite status on the state, they have a very good excuse to lock down that whole country say this is an emergency, uh, we're under attack, The US, because their mythology says the U.S. imperialists, that's you and me, mm -hmm. have been waiting to conquer Korea since the 1860s, uh, since we sent USS General Sherman to Pyongyang, that part is true. And now they're going to say, look, we lost the leader. The, according to their mythology, the only reason we are not invading right now is because of Kim Jong-un, because we're scared of him. So now that he's gone, they're, the, we're going to invade at any minute. So we better put ourselves into a wartime situation and have everyone in a kind of what we are equivalent of like a World War One, where like the entire government is running things in an even more regimented manner. So it can easily get very worse. It was worse in the 90s than it is now. So uh, all we have to hope for is the peaceful liberation of the North Korean people. But it is not at all intuitive that if Kim Jong-un goes away, that that's in fact what would happen. Would the North Korean people uh, see... Kim Jong-un as a guy who's, you know, run the country terribly and caused all the suppression and we're so glad he's gone and hopefully we can do better? Or do they see this the total opposite way? Here is our guy. This is a guy who's protected us and he's been our hero and, you know, almost like a, a godlike figure and losing him is a traumatic experience. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, to his credit, look, he's got President Trump shaking hands with him. Um, he's created North Korea's uh, esteem in the rest of the world. Now, I would make the argument that you got it's easier to defeat someone like this with honey than with vinegar. Uh, mm -hmm. That military force is a, the nightmare scenario. And if you can kind of coax the tiger out of the cave with some meat, it's going to put them in a much better position in terms of how to deal with him. But yeah, he is regard. And the other thing is, in many ways, he has liberalized over his father. He's much more Western. Dennis Rodman, you know, mm -hmm. we joke about it, but the yeah. fact that he's acknowledging foreign influences, the fact that his wife 
is dressed in like a you know a mini skirt um, and and kind of a, a non extremely conservative outfits and this is presented as acceptable and normal these are big i won't say big but these are somewhat step forward in the direction that we would like so yeah there are reasons why they do admire him and they have more food than they did when his father was there and that is something that is not a minor issue yeah uh last thing before we go i, I know um the one thing that everyone kind of knows about kim jong-un is that he loves basketball right dennis rodman coming over there the the espn sure. uh, documentary is going on now with, with the, looking back at the bulls season in 1997 98 is is he watching this is he is he all in on this is he uh, as big a basketball fan as everybody says he is Yes, according to Dennis Rodman, who had never heard of North Korea, uh, Kim Jong-un knew everything. Uh, and, and according to people who studied with him when he was a kid overseas in Europe, he was really, it was a complete basketball nerd. So that is not a myth uh, about Kim Jong-un. Although I don't think he's portrayed as such within the culture of North Korea, because it is not a Korean sport and therefore it's wrong and bad. Mm-hmm. Well, well, obviously. Uh, Michael Malice, uh, the book is yeah. uh, uh, The Dear Reader. Uh, it is a great book. It's written as a, uh, it was the uh, unauthorized autobiography of Kim Jong-il, which I just I've always love that title. Yes, sir. Uh, and uh, he you hosts- a, Thank you so much, Tim. Thank you so much. He hosts a New Right, and or he hosts Dear, uh, You're Welcome, and wrote The New Right, all of which you should consume as much as possible. Michael Malice, thanks for coming on the program. Back in a second. Quarantine for thee, but not for me. I'm the one with the $9 pints of ice cream, okay? I don't have the same rules as you. Let's be honest about it. That's the, uh, the vibe from Chris Cuomo and George Stephanopoulos. Both people uh, in the media got COVID-19 and then it went out of control. I mean, Cuomo's the worst one. Chris Cuomo, host of CNN, announces this big drama that he has COVID-19. I have a friend who speculates total BS. Didn't even have it. Uh... <laughs> Just a scam to get ratings. I don't, I don't know if that's true. Probably not. Uh, but I did think it was a funny theory. Because it's been so shady, right? He, he's doing a show every day from, from downstairs. He's, uh, he's having hallucinations. He's sweating. He's on the air all the time. He's talking to his brother in press conferences. We're told he's in quarantine. His wife gets COVID-19. You know, this is a terrible situation, right? Then we find out, and Carol Moskowitz writes a story about this uh, in the New York Post, it um, doesn't help that the rules don't equally apply to everyone. Cuomo's brother, Chris, got COVID-19 and has been broadcasting a CNN show um, featuring interviews with his brother, which it's ridiculous, a ridiculous journalistic slip up there. Last week, Chris announced that his wife, Christina, has also tested positive. Who knows what happened? But it's disconcerting enough that Chris has blatantly not been quarantining. A few days before the announcement about his wife, Chris was seen in East Hampton, a 30 minute drive from his home, visiting a property of his that is under construction. He had a verbal altercation with a bicyclist who correctly asked what he was doing outside. The governor was on Chris's show Thursday and commiserated about Christina's diagnosis and said it was inevitable since it's very hard for a person to quarantine in a home and other people not to get it. Perhaps the governor should clarify what it means to quarantine as either most New Yorkers don't understand what it means or his own kid brother doesn't. It's true. Uh, He is coming out there and saying he's in quarantine. Then he's out fighting. Uh, with somebody in, you know, a half an hour away, you know, look, it's one thing to leave and you go out um, in a normal situation like we're all kind of in. Right. I mean, where we're in lockdown, we're not really in quarantine. right? We're not sick. He is sick, should not be out interacting with anyone, should be locked down in the house with no freaking exceptions. 
and then he goes on CNN and has this this embarrassment that CNN lets on the air. Watch. All right, here it is. The official reentry from the basement, cleared by CDC. A little sweaty, just worked out. It happens. This is what I've been dreaming of, literally for weeks. My wife. Yeah. Right. <laughs> All right, stop it. Look. She was every he he. That wasn't his his official leaving quarantine. He was already out doing other crap. Plus, he has to mention the gym every time he starts talking. It's agonizing. Okay, Chris Cuomo sucks. That's the point of the segment. Back in a second. I want to take a second to talk about the classic learning test, also referred to as the CLT exam. Would have been possible even as recent as a few months ago to imagine a scenario in which SAT or ACT would actually cancel all of their tests for the spring. Fortunately, CLT has been preparing a solution for years. Rather than canceling any of their tests due to COVID-19, CLT has tripled the testing dates available for this spring. Most importantly, they are making the CLT available to students remotely from home. Many parents and students in America still do not know about the CLT, and many colleges are just now looking at CLT as the solution. The exams are taken online in just two hours with the same day results. We we all know about these standardized tests. They've been going on forever. Why not do it better? The classic learning test has been used by tens of thousands of students in hundreds of colleges and provides the most accurate and rigorous measure of academic formation, accomplishment, and potential. Better tests create better students. Makes sense. To register for the April 25th official college entrance exam or the April 29th CLT-10, which is the classic learning test's alternative to the PSAT, Visit cltexam.com. Both exams can be taken from the comfort of your home. That's cltexam.com, cltexam.com. Happy to welcome back to the program, radio host, political commentator, and you may have seen him hanging out with me, Sarah Gonzalez, the news and why it matters. Of course, it's Grant Stinchfield, bravely joining us in person. I mean, this is a risky, risky act by you. We risk our lives for your program (laughs) and everyone here at The Blaze. It's a little sad, honestly. It's not worth it. We're not worth it. And I don't even get paid to be here. So I'm risking my life for no money. I can pay you in Jenny's ice cream. That I can can do. That is good. And look, we're saving America. (laughs) There we go. Saving America. Also, by the way, the best guest uh, dressed guest we've had here, even probably better than Michael Malice in his North Korean military uniform earlier on the show. I I need I don't have a North Korean uniform, so I, I pick my little bird jacket. There you go. I like yes. it. I will say uh, the more I look around to some of these governors and the way they're acting, you may be putting on a North Korean military uniform sometime <laughs> soon. You'll be, you'll be lucky if you're the guy wearing the uniform because <laughs> normally we're going to be you know, facing down the barrel of a gun, them demanding us we go places in and into the gulag. It is amazing. What is because ha- I understand the idea here. We have a serious threat and we acted strong. Trump acted strongly here and did something I know he didn't want to do, which was shut down the economy. Uh, we kind of gone through that process. Hopefully it's time to kind of open things up. And some of these places you're seeing this in Los Angeles, in New York, where they seem to be going the opposite direction and getting tougher and tougher on the citizens. We talk about liberal hypocrisy all the time, right? You look at the mayor of Los Angeles. He just came out with a video saying, hey, we want you to rat any business owner out that's conducting business illegally. We're going to send the police down there. We're going to send City Hall down there. Days earlier, he sends a message via video to all the illegals in his city that they can rest assured they will not be hassled. They're fine. So illegals, you will be fine. But an American citizen literally trying to provide for their families, which is the argument they use for illegal immigration, just trying to provide for their families. 
they will be hassled by the police. That is is so weird. And I feel like that is one of the most undercovered parts of this so far is the relationship to this whole pandemic and the border. Because Mexico, I mean, Ecuador, there's a story of Ecuador, Ecuador today that they, they are at a running at a pace of 15 times the normal deaths right now in Ecuador because they didn't do anything. Right. They didn't do any of this stuff. They didn't even they're not even doing social distancing. They can't. They're, you know, they, they live much too densely in many areas to do this. Mm-hmm. What happens when they realize we might have this under control and they're south of our border and all they've been told for years and years and years and years by generation after generation is when things get tough and you're desperate, go north to the border. What is going to happen at that border? Well, you know what's going to happen. It's going to be a, a reinfection of America again when they flood America with with, uh, with them infected with this disease. So this is why the president wanted to shut down the border long before we mm-hmm. saw Corona. Yep. And now he says we're going to stop immigration. I think it's a smart thing to do. We don't need anybody else coming in here in, infected. But I will say this. I see signs that we should be getting back to normal fairly soon. I mean, you look at Texas, where I live, 29 million people in that state, 19,000 people infected, something like that. It's like 0.01% of the population. Mm-hmm. And we've got this entire state shut down. I think Texas will lead the nation in getting back to business. And once again, the Texas model will be a model for the entire nation. And that's that's exciting. I and we've already seen this. We've seen towns around us are starting to send us emails and saying, hey, just just, so you know, this is our new policy. Things are starting to open up around here a little bit. Greg Abbott was the first guy who yeah. came out and said, uh, we're going to be moving in this direction because we think it's the right thing to do. And now we have a handle on it. We can try to if, if God forbid something flares up somewhere, we can try to handle it. Um, that's not how I mean, New York is not on that path. Right. New York is going a totally different direction. They have a much worse problem, obviously, first of all. But the way they're handling it is bizarre. You know, it was interesting. If you take the numbers of New York and you take that out of the equation of America, America drops from number seven with Corona infections and mm-hmm. deaths per million to number 13. New wow. York per million, if it was its own country. And what is it? 12 million, 13 million people mm-hmm. in the in the tri-state area goes to number one. So when they tell you that America is leading the pack with infections of coronavirus, it's not America, it's New York. And when you take that out, America is just another country that's suffering from it, but certainly not at the top of the list. What do you take from some of these governors who seem to just be overreaching for power? I mean, because this is something I think after this is passed, we're going to be dealing with for a long time. They've got they've they've seen a path where they can just grab power. They can stop people from doing constitutionally guaranteed things like buying firearms and going to church and protesting in the streets. These are not things you're supposed to be taking away in any situation. So I'm not worried about people calling me a conspiracy theorist because they've been calling me that yeah. for as long as I can remember. <laughs> and every yeah. theory that I come out up with normally comes out to be true which doesn't make them conspiracy theories. I believe these governors are testing us. They are pushing us as far as they can push us to see when will we push back? When will we stop? You're starting to see some of these protests, but each infringement on our civil rights that they're able to take away from us, they chalk that up as a victory. And I think they're looking down the road uh, when they hope for this blue wave across the country that they're gonna slowly take away these civil liberties because it's all about power to them. They don't want us to have it, they want them all. How do you rate Trump's performance through this? I think Trump's doing a great job. Uh, I mean, look, you know, he has his moments where Trump does his thing. But in many respects, I think Trump may be smarter than all of us. So <laughs> when I look and I'd be like, oh, what are you talking about? Ultimate authority. I'm the guy. As a conservative, I'm saying, you know, we have a 10th Amendment. 
you know, what Trump did, he just suckered the Democrats into admitting there's a 10th Amendment. I don't put it by him into maybe this is all on purpose, that he yeah. knows he didn't have the ultimate authority and he just suckered every Democrat into supporting the 10th Amendment, yeah. states' rights, which is what that is. Yeah, right. I mean, it, you know, it's funny because if you, if you, the, the best reading I have of Trump and some time of his, like, his verbal flares uh, off, that's a great right. example of it, is he's in a constant state of negotiation. He, he, in many ways, I think understanding Trump best is understanding what he does, not what he says. So, like, we, you know, we talked about North Korea earlier on in the show. At the beginning, he's like, I'm going to bomb the hell out of him. And then he's like, Kim Jong-un's my friend. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, like, I don't think either one of those are true, right? Um, but he thought, thought at those times that was the best thing for that negotiation. And I think that's the same thing with the governors. He seemed to almost want to, uh, I think you're admitting the 10th Amendment exists is a, is a good part of that. And also kind of, it's almost like a threat. Like, if you guys don't act the, the right way, I'm here and I may just do something. Look, I think one of the greatest attributes to the president is his ability to stand corrected and say, I've, I stand corrected. Mm-hmm. So he'll say something like, I have the ultimate authority. And some staffer might say, Mr. President, you know, we, you, you don't have. Oh, OK. And he walks it back. We were talking about guns the other day. And, and he said, you know, you, you have a right to go in and take just take the guns from people who have mentally. Ill. Uh, yeah. Who decides? Well, somebody might have said to him. You know, Mr. President, you can't just go taking people's guns. It's, it's who decides is the yeah. problem. And he walked it back the next day. He goes off of what he believes is common sense. And then he realizes, oh, well, wait, when you think about the Constitution, what seems like common sense may not always be common sense. Uh, it takes a conservative to figure that out. But he walks it back. Yeah. Most politicians do not walk it back. Is that OK in a time in a pandemic? Should he be more careful with his words and be more precise? <laughs> I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just if you in your look, ideal situation, is that is it look, is it a problem that occasionally he does step off that way? He has been stepping off that way since the day he ran for office. And I voted for him then and I'll vote for him again. We got exactly who we elected <laughs> yeah. to president. This man has not changed one ounce from no. campaign mode to I'm in office mode to recampaign mode. And so, look, he is who he is. Yeah. And I think sometimes he's smarter than a fox. I mean, go back 40 years. He's the same guy. You remember from New York real estate back in the day. Of course. Um, let me give you one more thing before we go. We got about a minute left. Um, I'm fascinated by Chris Cuomo, George Stephanopoulos. They both have COVID-19. They are both supposed to be in quarantine. One of them has a brother who's the governor of the state. And yet they're both seen out in public, not wearing masks, getting in confrontations with people. And no one seems to want to reprimand them. You know, Chris Cuomo comes back and fakes uh, uh, you know, his coming out of his basement. Yeah. Yes. yeah. I mean, <laughs> he's risen from the dead. Uh, how do these guys get away with this? I mean, this this is an incredible double standard. Well, you know how they get away with it. Yeah. They're in cahoots with the whole mainstream media. They're not going to call out their fellow brethren there. I mean, they're compatriots in this hoax that they're perpetrating across America. That, that's that's bad, though. I mean, CNN in particular, the, you know, he faked the first time he came out of quarantine. <laughs> For drama on on a news And then he channel. says, you know, this is a very somber day. My kids have been scared about it. Oh, he's scared. You're out riding a bike. And I, <laughs> I mean, what are you talking about? It's insane. Grant Stenfield, uh, thanks so much for coming on the program. Uh, also, you can, of course, go to uh, blazetv.com slash stew. You can get uh, News and Why It Matters. Grant's on all the time. We always like to do the show together uh, as well. It's a lot of fun. Um, and you can use the promo code stew. They'll knock off 30 bucks off the price because I guess they, I don't know. I mean, they just feel bad for you. Honestly, at this point, I mean, it's just that's all it is. So use the codes to let them know that you like this stupid show.
if you watch today's show, you know Nancy Pelosi is awful. Nancy Pelosi sucks pen. There's still a few of them left. Nancy Pelosi sucks pen.com. Go pick one up. Good night, America.